Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Well, don't you just love those days when someone comes to share their story with us live? Well, that's what we have today is we're going to discuss the topic of getting outside your comfort zone. And then I'm going to share a handy way to get through those mental barriers that you have sometimes. And of course, joining me for those stories and much more is a beautiful young lady that I've known for several years. Her name is Christian Gordon. Welcome, Christian. Thanks for having me, Dean. I'm so glad you're here. So you listen to the podcast, right? I listen to it occasionally when I'm yeah. driving for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Is it, is it get uh, is it is it boring or is it what do you think? What do you think of the podcast? It's not boring. It's long. It's long. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't love that it's over an hour sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Um. And you have on a special T-shirt today. I do. Yeah, if you're listening, I'm sorry you don't see the T-shirt. If you watch it, you can check this out, that um, you're wearing one of the original Run For God T-shirts. Yes, Dean, I am. Yeah, and you are one of the originals. You were on the original triathlon team, right? I was, yes. So Mitchell and I, well, all the time we drop these things about the the old triathlon team, and that was, you started, how old were you when you started with that? I think I was about eight years old. <laughs> yeah. That's been a while ago. It was. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. All right. Well, um, let me talk about our Facebook post for this week. Our Facebook post comes from Tammy Morris. She said, I'm thankful for so many things for the Run for God group and members as I have followed you in your journeys and accomplished goals. I kept doing what I could do. When I joined, I struggled to walk around the house from injuries and illness. That was two years ago. This year? I'm walking and living, doing more. I've participated with my family more, been able to help mom, did two 5Ks walking in good good times. Now I'm walking with my niece's baby. As he sleeps, she works from home, and I get outside, my outside walks in. It's good for all. I've had a goal to do a 10K. By the end of the year, I just wanted to complete I just wanted to complete it, not pushing time, just do it. Well, yesterday, I walked 6.24 miles while pushing his stroller at an easy pace as he slept. Thank you for all this space and those of us in our slow progressing recoveries. I am off the couch. Never say never to the big goals. One day at a time, 2024, big goal, a half marathon, walking. Praise to God for every step we are given. Well, everybody starts from a different place, and that's what's so cool about running, walking in this case. Um, and you remember those times on the cross-country team, right? Oh, I couldn't forget them. <laughs> um, I remember one race in particular. I think I told you that uh, I never felt worse for somebody in the middle of a race in my entire life. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> Uh, but it, it all turned out good, right? It did. It, we, did. it actually led to you discovering something that you didn't know was an issue, right? That's true. Yeah. I did. So sometimes when we go through those bad things, that's maybe that's why we go through them, right? To learn something. That's right. 
Well, for Tammy here, you know, getting in that 10K was a major goal for her. Um, and what's so cool about running, walking, is that it, it's so different for all of us because, you know, getting in a 10K for me is a short run. Like, that's just a daily thing of – that's kind of a daily minimum for the – you know, when I'm when I'm not hurt and injured. But that's uh, – for her, that's a major goal. And I think that's so cool because we're all so different. And, but we can all come together and enjoy each other and support one another. And, uh, and that's pretty cool. And then, of course, running may be my thing. But Tammy, she's way better at me at something else. Well, probably a lot of other things. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we've all got our thing, right? Um, and there's something so satisfying about doing something that's, that's harder for you than for somebody else. Um, you know, if I tell somebody I ran a marathon, they look at me and they go, so? <laughs> they really do it's like you know because they know it's not a, it's not as big a deal for me as it yeah. is for somebody else now a marathon's hard no matter who you are but um you know that's i don't even think about it afterwards right I, i'll run a marathon and i might think about it a little bit if 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 i happen to be thinking in that direction but it's not something i think about but for other people they'll run a marathon and it'll be like it'll live with them for the rest of their lives that would be me because it'll be a big deal right <laughs> yes yeah um, and that's pretty cool that we all, again, we can all support one another. Um, and that's kind of the constant theme we have on this podcast. Accomplishing hard things is a good thing, right? We should all be striving to accomplish those hard things. You're in the middle of um, a hard thing right now. You're trying to finish college. Absolutely. And that's hard. It is. Right? It is. Yeah. Um, so what's, do you have a big goal you need to tackle other than college? Or Other is, than is your college your thing? Right college now? is my thing, but we're getting there. Yeah, yeah, good. Our trivia question for last week was, what is the most popular racing distance for runners? And if I asked you that, would you have known the answer to this question? Dean, I hear these trivia questions all the time, and I don't know the answer to any of them. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I could have got close. Yeah, This yeah. one. I think it's more obvious than the others. Yeah, I think yeah. I think you're probably right. The answer is 5K. 5K is the most popular distance for runners. Right at half of all race finishers in a year are 5K runners. Yeah. So, um, yeah, 5Kers, not, not a surprise, I don't think. Um, some of the other distances, 10K, 14% of events are 10Ks. I was really surprised by that because we don't have that many 10Ks around here. Yeah, you don't see them much. Yeah. The two biggest races in Chattanooga are 8Ks. Which is probably weird. Which in race a lot of is places. that? Um, the Turkey Trot on Thanksgiving has over a thousand people in it, and then the um, uh, Chattanooga Chase okay. is an eight k, and it has close to a thousand people. So, uh, yeah, there's there there's some big 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 events, uh, but fourteen percent of events are ten k's. Um, only seven percent of finishers, though, so not as many people run those, obviously. The second highest participation rate, though, went to uh, half marathons. 11% of finishers are half marathoners. And that doesn't surprise me either. Uh, half marathon is a big bucket list distance for a lot of people. Yeah. Can you imagine yourself running a half marathon? I don't know that I can right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think one day you will? Maybe. I'm going to really have to fall in love with the sport of running. <laughs> Uh, well, um, as popular as the marathon is to talk about, and we talk about marathons all the time, right? Um, but only 3% of race finishers, um, in a year are four marathons. Yeah. So 
that's it's still a bucket list for a lot of people, but it's a, it's a hard thing. And so consequently, not many people actually do it. Um, and then, of course, after the marathon, you get any longer than that and the numbers really go down. Yeah. Not many people do ultra marathons. Um, I guess the most popular distance for ultra marathons, 50K, um, which is about five miles longer than a marathon. And then you got the 50 miler and then you got the 100K and then 100 miles um, are the kind of the standard distances for ultra runners. Um, but you've done a number of 5Ks. I have done a couple. <laughs> so do you think you'll do something longer? Don't know. Then I really don't know. At yeah. this point, it's just seeing how much I like to run and going with that. Yeah. I don't want to push anything. Yeah. Because I don't want to not enjoy it. That's Isn't it fun, though, to, to do it just because you want to do it now? Yes. I have found that it is much more fun to do it now than it was but I also love the competitive aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll get back to it at some point, I bet. We'll see. <laughs> Upward Sports equips churches to run self-sustaining sports ministries in their communities. Whether you're a sports fanatic or on staff at a church, Upward Sports will give you all the tools you need to run a first-class sports ministry that allows you to reach families in your community. Upward Sports offers basketball, soccer, flag football, cheerleading, volleyball, baseball, and softball through league and camp offerings. At Upward Sports, we want to help your church make a difference and give you increased opportunities to share the gospel. Learn more today at Upward.org. That's Upward.org. So we're back, and if you haven't shared your story with us yet, you need to do that. We um, we share these stories. Of course, this week we have somebody live and in person to share their story. But a lot of times we just we read your story, uh, and they're critical to the success of this podcast. And so we need to hear your story. Not only do we need to hear your story here, but there are people out there, and I know a lot of times people look at their stories and they think, well, my story's not going to resonate with anybody. But you would be wrong in that assumption because – all of us have something about our lives that is similar to somebody else's and there's somebody out there that needs to hear it. So submit your story, runforgod.com um, and then go to, there's a tab there that says, submit my story. <laughs> We've tried to make it simple. It's, it's that easy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So tell yourself, uh, tell us about yourself, Christian. So, my family, I have an older and a younger brother. I'm stuck right in the middle of the two of them. Um, but me and my younger brother, we both still live at home with my mom. Um, but I am in college. Like you said, I'm at Dalton State. Um, going to school to be a teacher. Um, I am a senior at Dalton State. So, going into January, I have my student teaching left. But I'm excited just to see what, what's going to happen with that. Are you worried about the student teaching or are you excited? How do you, how, what's the? I'm excited. I'm glad that I'm still in the same classroom that I was in last semester. Oh, that'll help. So I know the kids. I know the teacher. Yeah. They've yeah. set me up there. Well, good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And so um, you're going to be an elementary school teacher to start with at least, right? 
We'll see. <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> um, so just one more semester. Wow. One semester. Man, does it feel like you've been to college for a long time now or is it? Not like entirely. Well, I did dual enrollment as my my senior year of high school. So I, I'm actually only going to college for three years. That's pretty awesome. So it's been it's been awesome. Yeah, that's just such a great opportunity these days. It is. Uh, back when you know, back when I was your age, obviously we didn't have that. That opportunity wasn't yeah. there, and uh, so yeah, that's a, it's pretty impressive too that you took advantage of it. Yeah, because a lot of people don't take advantage of it. They and, do not. And um, gosh, need to. You yeah, need to for sure. You saved a bunch of money. I, I mean, did I mean, a whole year worth of school. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what do you want to teach? If you, if let's say you get through and. Obviously, elementary is kind of teaching all subjects, but yeah. do you have a subject that you really enjoy? Well, that's the question, Dean. So I am going to graduate with an elementary school degree, but just in the last couple of months, I've really been looking at teaching middle school. Okay. I love the subject of math, and oh. I would very much like to be departmentalized, so only teaching one subject. And to do that, I either have to be high elementary or middle school. Okay. So... So what's your favorite what's your favorite math kind of subject in math? Oh, I don't really know. I you, just like it all. You just like it all. I like numbers. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right. Gosh. You know, I went to Georgia Tech. <laughs> I did know that. And in Georgia Tech, everything is about numbers. Yeah. <laughs> we had to take calculus and I was a management student. It's like mm. that doesn't seem right. Yeah, that doesn't. <laughs> but it's the way it is. So why become a teacher? Well, Dean, I've always had a desire to be a teacher ever since I was growing up, but I just love the leadership that you get as a teacher. I love being around the kids, um, and I just want to make a difference in someone else's life, and I think that's the role of a teacher. Yeah, that is. That's good. All right. You ready to tell your story? I am ready to tell my story. All right. Take off. This is called – now, I, I, gotta, I have to say, this is called Outside Your Comfort Zone. I named it. I titled it because you sent it to me. Without a title, and yeah. so I put the title in. So if, if you don't like the title, it was me and not 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 her. The title so. fits. <laughs> All right. So my my running career started at a young age when I was asked to join the very first Run for God triathlon team. Being the age of about eight years old and not knowing what I was getting myself into, I chose to join this team that had just started up. I quickly realized that this was not an easy sport. This was a sport that took a lot of training and dedication to be good at. Luckily for me, I was at an age where I desired to train and wanted to be good at what I was doing. This led to me doing triathlons for three years, but once that third year came around, I got really involved in other sports. At that point in my life, I was very devoted to the softball field. I was on a travel ball team, and we were playing just about every weekend. I got to a point where I really was not training much because I was always playing softball, and therefore, after about three years, I decided to quit doing triathlons as softball and other sports were beginning to take over. This is where my running career kind of took a pause for a little while. I always knew that I was a good runner, but there was just other sports that I loved more. I did not decide to pick up my running shoes again until I was at the age of 13. I had come to the point where I was experiencing burnout. I had fallen out of love for the game of softball and needed something else to keep me busy. This is when I decided I would run cross country my last year of middle school. I thought that because I was an active person, I would pick running back up very easily. 
Little did I realize that running around a softball field is not like running two miles of a race. That one year of cross country showed me that I was a good runner. I was just not at a place where I loved to push my body or mind to do uncomfortable things, and therefore I did not perform like I was capable of. Going into high school, I chose to hang the running shoes back up again as I did not have a love for the sport of running and did not and did not want to devote my time to it. It wasn't until my sophomore year that all of a sudden I had so much free time come cross-country season. At that time, I felt like everyone that I knew around me was trying to get me to run, so I gave in and I chose to break the running shoes back out. Starting the season, I was in the top five girls on the team, meaning I would be running varsity after not running for over a year. That only meant one thing, and that was that I was going to have to put in some hard work. During this season of cross country, I learned what it really meant to put yourself, to push yourself, and what it was like to be okay with being uncomfortable. I ended up having some setbacks in my season that year, but I was able to finish the season well. After the season was over, I realized that as good as I was at running, it was not something I loved, and I could not force myself to love it. This is when I made the decision to quit running. To say my running career was off and on is an understatement. I have just recently started running a little bit again, but if there's one thing that I have held with me since my last season of running, it was the message of being okay with being uncomfortable. Although I have not been running the past couple years, I have learned what it means to apply that motto to all aspects of my life, including my spiritual life. Just in the last couple years, the Lord has really been challenging me by putting me in situations and forcing me to make decisions that, quite frankly, have been a bit uncomfortable. But with these uncomfortable situations, I've had to learn what complete reliance on the Lord looks like. I've had to learn that His plan for my life is so much greater than anything I could imagine. And those uncomfortable situations that He's putting me in are really to help me grow in my walk with Him. These past couple years have definitely been challenging, but the Lord has been faithful through every season of it. Mm-mm-mm. Good story. Good Thank st- you. Good story. Now, if you're listening to this um, and you're just listening and not watching it, that's great. But if you want to see some photos, we plan on putting some photos into that video of Christian throughout those years or her triathlon years. And uh, so um, those are going to be good. Ding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we, I don't know if we've decided whether we're going to show, you know, the picture. We're not showing the picture. <laughs> uh, so why, why have you started running again lately? Well, this is a really funny story, Dean, that I really don't think you know. So it all started with a bet in the Hollis household of how fast I could run a mile. Oh, no, I didn't know this. Yeah, they kept throwing times out there, and I was like, y'all are crazy. So I had had to go out and prove them wrong that I cannot run as fast as they think I can right now. (laughs) So you're proving that you can't run as fast as they think you can. I had to. (laughs) So how do you prove you can't run that fast? I mean, all you got to do is sandbag, right? Yeah, but there was no sandbag, and I was dying. <laughs> That's funny. So are you enjoying it more or less? Or Well, I do enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. I found it something that I really enjoy just to be able to get away from school. And when I'm super stressed with school, that's something that I can go do just to get my mind off of, off of life for a little bit. 
kind of an escape. Yeah. 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 I remember when I was your age, I, I used to say that if I couldn't compete, I wouldn't run. I mean, I just, that it was all about competition. And of course that has changed over the years. Um, you know, now it, it's completely different. Um, so do you find, do you like it more without the pressure of that competition? Yes and no. Yeah. It's kind of conflicting because I do love competition and I make everything that I do a competition. Yeah. So at some point I'm still competing, whether it's against other people or just with myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you you mentioned in your story that there's some spiritual battles and tough decisions and things you've been going through. I, I don't know if you want to share any of those or not. It's fine if you don't, but yeah. I'd- so just in the last couple of years, I've had some awesome opportunities, opportunities that haven't been easy. Uh, some of those being jobs. I took a job in Kentucky for two and a half months um, as a summer intern at a camp. And then I wanted to go back again this past summer and the Lord just told me no. And so I ended up taking a role as a student ministry intern, which I'm currently still there at our home church. Um, and then Another big one for me has been learning to share my story. Mm. Uh, I've had a lot of people in our church really push me to do that in the past year or so. And so I got the opportunity to share my story in Nicaragua when I went in March. And then this summer, I was asked to share my story in front of our entire church. And that that was uncomfortable. Yeah. But it was so good. Well, you did such a great job. I got to see the video. Thank you. You really did a good job on that. That's it's it's so refreshing to see that too. Um, just frankly, all the the news and the things that we hear about younger folks these days. Um, man, it's so great to see somebody younger out there shining their light like you do. So you ran some pretty fast times during your cross the the cross country season that you had. At, at Color Creek, right? Um, does the fact that you're good at it, does that motivate you to want to do it more or less? Or how does that? Well, then it's kind of conflicting <laughs> because I know I'm good at it, but I see the times that I run right now. And so I'm encouraged that I can get to where I was, but also I'm just like, I'm so slow right now. <laughs> I figured there'd be some internal conflict there. There definitely is. <laughs> uh well, how about some scripture here? Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is one of my favorite scriptures, if not my actual favorite. Um, you know why? I do not. Because that right there at the beginning when it says, Have I not commanded you? He's basically saying, Listen, moron, I'm telling you once again, because you're not listening to me because you're thick headed. Sometimes the, we need it. That's what I read from that. And that's where I need I, I need that. I need uh, I need him to smack me upside the head occasionally and go, I, I need you to pay attention over here. Um, yeah, we're told over and over in the Bible to not be afraid or not be frightened. Right. Um, why do you think it tells us that so often in the Bible? It's just something we need consistent reminder of. I think it's a default that we all fall back to um, just to be scared. Yeah, yeah. And it is. That's our default yeah. I mean, for all of us. Um, ever since the Garden of Eden, when the serpent showed up, we've been skeptical of anything that comes up in front of us, right? Yeah. Um, but even more than that, I think we're, we're, we're afraid of things more today than ever because— of a, a few things. First, um, 
we're afraid people are going to think less of us. We're so worried about what other people think about us these days. And I know that's always been around, but I think it gets worse with every year. It gets worse and worse and worse. We're so worried about what other people think. Um, and I think that that's why a lot of times we don't share Christ when we know we probably should. We're afraid of rejection. You know, somebody's going to look down on us or, um, you know, we're afraid that, um, uh, that, that, uh, somebody's going to look at us and think we're some weird person or, or something like that. Yeah. And, and I, and I think that's sad. Um, do you agree with that? Do you think that's, I totally do that? agree. I do. Even being, I mean, because again, um, from, from your standpoint, being a younger person, it's, it's definitely work. And the older you get, the easier it is to go. I don't really care what people think yeah. about me. Right. So do you feel like there's a lot of pressure to conform or do you, for you, cause you're different. You're different than a lot of people. You're, yeah, you're pretty I like, am, I don't really care what people I think. I don't really care what people think, but I do. It still is a struggle. Yeah. Like you're still going to care what people think, yeah. but I am not like most and I, yeah. I don't care as much as most people do. Yeah. Yeah. Proverbs three, five and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. You know, I've been going through this uh, Advent study um, for our, my Sunday school class. I teach a Sunday school class. And a lot of people don't like to call it Sunday school anymore. But They don't. I like to call it Sunday school because, I don't know, because I'm old, I guess, <laughs> right? Uh, so, but anyway, this study has me kind of just contemplating things more and looking more about listening for God's voice and that kind of thing. And... um you know, and that's on top of what I already do. I've always prepared for my Sunday school class, but it's a little bit different right now because this is a daily thing that you do daily. And I, you know, although although I'll do daily Bible study things, this is in addition to. And so, just the fact that I'm spending more time due to being pre- you know preparing for that, um, I just feel like I'm in a better mood all the time. Yeah, that's what happens when you're in the Word. Isn't it crazy? Yeah, I mean, it's just, and it's so evident. And in everything that we do, that whenever we just spend more time doing it, we're just we're just going to be happier people. That's true. Bottom line. Um. So, I know that you're in. Do Do you have some college professors that are, are a little out there? I've had a couple of them. Have a you? lot of them aren't from here. Yeah. I don't say, which is interesting. Uh, so that's why you think maybe they're they're different because they came from. Some somewhere else might be yeah because most people in this area we're pretty we're, we're, people are pretty grounded yeah here for for the most part I mean we obviously have those folks who aren't but uh, but it's not not as much um, so how do you do what this verse says when there's so much pressure from your peers to do something else well the biggest thing for me in college is surrounding myself with people who are going to point me back to the scripture and are going to encourage me to do these things. Uh, so thankfully, I've been blessed with a awesome group at school That's that great. do encourage me in this way. And so when you find those people, just cling to that because you it's not easy to find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good point. So which part of this verse do you think is the hardest? The, the trust him, the lean not on your own understanding or the acknowledging him? I think it's got to be lean not on your own understanding because I think that's the easiest thing for us to do. But I think that goes hand in hand with trusting him. If you're leaning yeah. on your own understanding, you're not trusting him. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think you're right. I would say the same thing. 
Yeah. There's no doubt about it. I have a hard time not leaning on my own understanding. He's working on me, though. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from the nations in all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. You talked about getting outside of your comfort zone, um, and it's a hard thing for anybody to do, obviously. Um, but you also acknowledge that God has a plan for your life, right? So do you do anything special to kind of keep yourself reminded of that? How, how do you how do you do that? How do you keep that in front of you? I can't say that I do anything special. Um, I think that I'm at a place in my life, being 20, where I want to plan everything out that's yeah. ahead of me. Um, and the Lord can easily just wreck that. Um, and so I think just coming to those places of like, this is not, I can't change this anymore. This is his plan. And I'm just constantly reminding myself of that during this time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, most of the time, most of the time when we hear this verse, we just hear verse, verse 11, right? Yeah. But for our, we know the plans and we, we talk about our plans. We don't really go further than that a lot of times, but um, the following verses, they're so important. Um, you know, because once we're sold out to the idea that God has big plans for us, all those other things will fall into place, right? Um, and and once you once you understand this basic principle, you will start doing all the other things you should do, also, and that's so that's so important. Um, first question: Are you okay with being uncomfortable? <laughs> well, you know my answer. Yeah. I've been running every day for the last 12 years, so um, I'm, I guess I'm okay with it. That's so, true. Um, although, I, you know, I did miss that one day. One. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard that story? I have not. You have not heard the story? I haven't. Oh, my goodness. Well, I missed one. I'll have to tell you the story. I, I've, to, I've told it on here, I think, a couple of times. Um, but I actually, I had the flu one week. Mm-hmm. And so you would think I'd miss it while having the flu, right? Yeah. No, I ran every day when I had the flu. <laughs> And I would run one mile on my treadmill, and then I'd get off the treadmill, and I'd sit on the side of the treadmill to recover for 20 minutes. And it took me 15 minutes to run that one mile. I was so sick. Uh, well, I got over that. And on Saturday, I was out in the yard. I, I went to for a normal run, just a normal every day, just go for a run. On Sunday, I'm out in the yard working and just doing stuff. I had plenty of time. That night, I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning and went, Oh my gosh, I forgot to run yesterday. It's a true story. I forgot That's to run. That's awful. Isn't that awful? Yeah. But I'll tell you what came from it, though. You'll love this. So I, I'm laying there in bed thinking, how do I fix this? Right? I mean, that's the first thing. You're, you're, so you're like me. You'd be yeah. like, oh, how do I fix it? Yeah. I got to fix it. But there's nothing you can do. No. Right? So I, after exhausting all those ideas in my head that I could do to fix it, I, I thought, okay. Now I, I just kind of sat back and I thought, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me? In, in this moment. And he very clearly said to me, he said, you know, a lot of times you're worried about being obsessed with running. Is that, is that too important to you? And clearly, if you can forget to run one day, it's not so important. So go out there and run. I know that's what you love to do. And so I want you to go out there and enjoy running. 
And that's the message that God gave to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Isn't that a great message? Yeah. So um, anyway, it goes, I I don't, uh, being uncomfortable for me, you know, it's it's something I, 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 it doesn't matter how bad I feel. When when I've got the flu, I'm getting on the treadmill and running. Yeah. Um, But I think there's a lot of value in being uncomfortable, don't you? I do. Um, So do you, do you purposefully put yourself in uncomfortable situations? Sometimes I do. Yeah. I want to see myself grow. Um, yeah. I think that not not even on purpose, but I, I like to say yes to uncomfortable situations. When somebody, yeah. like doing this podcast, yeah. I, they asked, y'all asked me forever. Mitchell would always tell me, you're going to be on the podcast. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> but eventually I had to say yes. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt said, do something that scares you every day. It's a great quote, right? It's great. Um, and I think it's, I, th- I do think it's a good rule of thumb. And, and if we'll try to do something that's a little uncomfortable every day, I, then before long, the uncomfortable things aren't nearly as uncomfortable, are they? Absolutely. The fact that you're willing to say yes so often to, to these things. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's just the fact that you're here today will make the next uncomfortable thing a little less uncomfortable, don't yep. you think? Uh, so what do you think it means to be comfortable i don't know just being just being okay with what you're doing yeah yeah you know there's some people that like to just do nothing (laughs) yeah and they're comfortable with that yeah can you do that are you like that? Sometimes I can, can be. Yeah. Sometimes I can be. I can do. Could you like a lay lot up, of nothing? Do you ever? I mean, like, like people go to the beach and they'll just lay on the beach. Okay, can I do, can't do that. Dude. Can't do that. I no, can't. You're not one of those. Nope. Okay, but you can kind of chill. I can chill. You I can, can chill. chill at my house. Okay. All right. But I don't really want to chill anywhere else. That's where I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, I just can't. I can't sit still. Uh, we were talking last night. I said, you know, when I was in school. And maybe I'm saying too much here. I remember going to the, you know, people talk about, well, you know, I went to the office five times when I was in school. I'm like, that's nothing. I went to the office three times in one day. That's how bad I just couldn't. I couldn't sit still. I couldn't keep my mouth closed. And I know that's a surprise to everybody listening. Oh, but. so surprising. <laughs> um, but uh, I suppose if you find yourself uncomfortable enough, um, the, the things that are supposed to be uncomfortable uh, that are supposed to be comfortable uh, become uncomfortable right all right so here's another question how has the lord used uncomfortable situations in your life i remember this lesson i learned when i was in college um and i know this is going to sound crazy to somebody in this day and time but i'm going to tell you anyway i took a class that required us to log into the mainframe computer. These PC things, they didn't have these things back then, right? So um, we have to go to a computer terminal, log into the mainframe. I couldn't figure out how to get logged in. And I knew it was a simple thing, right? So I didn't want to ask anybody because I was embarrassed. And so I never asked anybody. So you know what I did instead? I dropped the class. <laughs> like that's that's exactly, that is... Having something uncomfortable in front of you and just saying, I'm just not going to deal with it. You ran from it. And I ran from it, right? And so now I knew in the long run that I was going to have to come back and take that class, right? And I and I eventually did. And you know what I found out? Once I finally did come in and ask that 
that question and got clarification and figured out how to do it, I realized it really wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> yep. And isn't that the way it is with the uncomfortable things so often that when whenever we find something that's uncomfortable, we realize, what was I so uncomfortable about? The initial thought, it's a killer. It's so uncomfortable. But then once you get into it. Do you have a, a you have a, a story like that? Can you think of anything that I don't have a specific story. The biggest yeah. thing that comes to my head is just sharing my own story. Yeah. Yeah. And what the what the Lord has used that for in my life. That's good stuff. Another question. What uncomfortable situation is the Lord calling you to currently that you are running away from? That's a loaded question. It is. <laughs> I love it. Um, and I don't know, you know, for me, these days I tend not to run away from stuff. I tend to just, uh, I'd rather kind of take it head on and do it and get it over with and that kind of thing. But, um, but you know, thinking about it, maybe there's somebody I need to call, you know, like um, somebody maybe that I, maybe the last time I talked to him, it wasn't very good, you know, and I need to call him and say, hey, you know, the last time we talked, wasn't good and maybe i need to call that person yeah um i don't know maybe that it, it's that's uncom- that's hard to do right it is to talk to somebody you haven't talked to in a long time or years um and i can think of one person in particular for me um that i might maybe maybe that's the thing maybe that's what this question is all about it might be that might be the reason why you typed it don't even didn't even know it when you did it you're right yeah so do you think we need to suppress I mean, how, how do you how do you know what it is that that's uncomfortable out there that you need to do? What how do you know what you're running away from? I guess is the question. Well, I think the Lord can very easily show you that, and that's what comes with being spending time with Him is that conviction of whatever that thing is, and it comes to a point where you can't run away from it anymore. It's there, and you got to deal with it. So do you think he shows you that just in those times? How, how do you how do you think he reveals it to us? Through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 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 You think sometimes like this? I was telling a story last week about um, being at a beauty pageant. Yeah. And my first thought was it was bad. Beauty pageants are bad. Yeah. It's like people being focused on their looks, right? But then God just, I mean, just smacked me so hard and said, "I need you to look at this a little closer." And when I did, I looked at it and thought, well, the girls are focused on their femininity. Well, yeah. if you think about it, today's time, femininity is under attack, right? And so God just completely turned my whole thought around backwards because I was looking at it wrong. That's so, so true. Don't we do that all the time? And a lot of times, um, I think that's the way he, he gets our attention and, and tells us, I'm, this uncomfortable thing over here that you're looking at that you don't want to do. You need, to, you need to do it. Right? Yeah. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it. With the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you're participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at www.runforgod.com. 
All right, so we're back. And so not only are you a semi-runner at this point, can we call you that? that you cool? can. All right, all right. You're sort of attached to another guy a lot of listeners know, aren't you? I happen to be. Yeah, yeah. And who's that? Lane Hollis. Man, oh man. So, uh, yeah. I was so excited when I heard you guys were kind of hanging out together. Yeah. Because uh, I think I think very highly, obviously, of both of you. And so that's pretty awesome. So does he encourage you to run? Well, Dean, he has told me exactly what to say to this question. Yeah. And he can't <laughs> wait to hear what I'm going to say. <laughs> so he's going to tell me, no, that he does not encourage me to run. And that is true. He doesn't want to encourage me to run because he doesn't want me to not enjoy it. He doesn't want me to get to the point where I don't love running again. But I think just being around the Hollises and just that atmosphere is encouraging. Like it has been an encouragement for me to run. It's a lot like our our walk of faith, right? When we're around other people who are, are, are that way then it's easier for us to be that way, right? Yeah, when we go on family vacation and they're all going out to run, I'm like, well, I guess I got to go run. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff, good stuff. Um, all right, so let me uh, let me start before I get to this next thing. Let me start by saying I don't advocate for a fast food diet, but this is really interesting, I think. So I watched this movie. It's an, it's an older movie. It's called Supersize Me. Have you ever seen it? I have not. Okay. Well, I watched this movie and it it talks about, it's a guy that decides he's going to eat nothing but McDonald's three meals a day, every day for 30 days. That's crazy. It is crazy. Um, And of course, what happens, you know, very eye opening, you know, it's exactly what you think would happen. He, you know, this guy gets, he gets sick feeling and, you know, he's got liver problems and his... He gains 25 pounds, and he's just just horrible, right? And um, it, that that's what happens. So what do you think of fast food? Well, Dean, as a college student, <laughs> that's my resort a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So do you – when I, I talk about that in this movie, do you think that's true about McDonald's, that it's that bad? Well, McDonald's is n- not my favorite. Yeah. So – I don't really eat McDonald's a whole lot. Well, insert another fast food. What's your favorite fast food restaurant? Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So you think Chick-fil-A is good for you? I think it's better quality than McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> um, their customer service is definitely better. That's true. Um, well, an interesting thing happened after I watched this movie. So I watched this. It finishes up. And then another movie pops up as a suggestion for another movie to watch. And the movie is called Fathead. And um, the movie, the premise behind the movie was about how Super Size Me was all wrong. And so he goes through and he does a really good job of talking about a lot of the things that were wrong in the, the Super Size Me movie. As a matter of fact, he talks, it talks about how he says in, in the Super Size Me movie, it talks about him eating 5,000 calories a day. His doctor is saying, you're eating 5,000 calories a day. Well, this guy goes through and he... he and he looks at the, the the fattest, worst meals you could possibly eat at McDonald's three, for three meals, and he realizes it doesn't come up to 5,000 calories. That's so uh, th- there had to be something else going on anyway. Um, but he goes through all these things, and this guy decides, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to eat fast food for a month, 
and see what happens. But I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to not, I'm not going to just go out there and just be a glutton, right? So he decides he's going to limit his calories to 2,000 calories a day, but he's going to eat three meals at a fast food restaurant. He ate a lot of that at McDonald's. A lot of it was other places. So, for example, he ate during that month. He actually, it actually, he cut it off two days early because his doctor was going to go on vacation. So he did it for 28 days. And he ate 19 double cheeseburgers in that time period. So that gives you an idea of the kind of food he was eating. Um, and he lost 12 pounds. And the reason he lost 12 pounds was because of the way he structured his diet. He kept his calories down to 2,000 calories a day, and he kept his carbohydrates down to 100 car, uh, calories a day. And he lost 12 pounds. Do you know the, the world is telling us that a high-fat diet leads to higher cholesterol. Do you know that that's not true? Well, I've heard a couple times being at the Hollis's about this whole cholesterol thing. Yeah. But I really don't know much about it. <laughs> well, um, animal fat. Uh, now, it, depend, it depends on what you're eating. But animal fat in particular does not lead to high cholesterol. There's no link to it, apparently, in any study, according to this this movie. And, and I thought that was interesting because that's been drilled into my head since I was a kid. And that, that you know, if you, you want to decrease your cholesterol, cut down on the amount of fat you have. Well, it doesn't, that doesn't work. So anyway, I say all that to say this. I think that both of these documentaries had good points. Um, the guy who did the first one, had he was a dietitian, And so he had an axe to grind against McDonald's. You know, people are suing McDonald's because they think that they're causing people to, to be uh, overweight. And um, the second guy was like, he didn't like that because it's like, you got a choice. You don't have to go there if you don't want to. And and so he had a bias the other way. And so consequently, his circumstances turned out the way they did. Um, so I, I thought it was interesting that um, there's there's two very different takes. And I think it's like everything else. It depends on our depends on how we do things. It's yeah. not it's not just about. Eating a, a meal at McDonald's is not going to kill you, um, but it's not the best for you either. And it's it's somewhere in between. Yeah. Right? So what kind of diet do you have? What do you well, like? Well, I honestly can't say that I have a specific diet. Like I said, as a college student, I eat when I can and what I can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but thankfully, my mom is very good at cooking. Yeah. So a lot of my meals either come from home or they come from the Hollis's house. <laughs> Do most of your meals come from home cooked or do you eat a lot out? Dinner, yes. Uh, yeah. A lot of times, especially at the college, I, f I will eat lunch out. Yeah. It's yeah. just easier. It's easier. Yeah. 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 Do you eat at the, the they call it the calf at the. I do not. Do you not? <laughs> no. Do you know that the ladies on the cross country team, they swear the food there is good? I've like, heard that. Yeah. But yeah. you haven't tried it? No. At all? No, I go in my building and I do what needs to be done and I get out of there. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, how important do you think diet is? I think diet is pretty important, honestly, but it's not something that I've ever focused a ton yeah. on. Yeah. Well, you little little skinny whiskey yeah. thing, so uh, you haven't had a had to worry about it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that'll catch up with you one day. That's what they say. That's what they say. Yeah. They told me that too and I turned out turned out they were right. I don't know if I, you've ever heard this story, but, you know, I had to quit running for three months back when I was 45 years old. I didn't know that. I had a stress fracture, so I had to stop running for three months. 
I gained 20 pounds in one month. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes. Better I, keep running. I, I understand. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, it's a time for Dean's thoughts. And that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, did you ever try to play tricks on your brain when you raced? Yeah, I got a good one. Yeah. All right. right. This is something I've always told myself when I'm running. The faster you run, the faster you're going to get done. (laughs) That's, 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 That's a brain hack for sure. This is called the one hour rule. One of my most frequently used brain hacks is to tell myself there is only five minutes left in this race or 20 minutes left in this long run. It's a good way to reason with yourself that the discomfort you're feeling is temporary. Rest assured, your brain is busy worrying that you can't keep it up forever and is consequently trying to convince you that you need to slow down or stop. I have always looked at the length of a sitcom as a short period of time. I will tell myself I can do anything for the length of time it takes to watch one rerun of the Andy Griffith show because those shows always seem to go by so fast. With those things in mind, I'd like to introduce the one hour rule. It is the idea that you can get your brain to wrap itself around nearly anything for one hour. Are you having trouble focusing on a project you need to complete? Maybe the project is really big and you feel overwhelmed by how long it is going to take to complete. Set your alarm and tell yourself you are going to work as hard as you can for one hour. I have found two revelations in this approach. First, it's amazing how much you can get done in an hour if you don a laser-like focus on something. An hour doesn't seem like much time, but you can put a good-sized dent in almost anything in an hour. Second, when you string together several one-hour sessions, you'll be amazed at how fast the finish line comes into view. Have you ever decided to read one chapter a day of a book and then been astounded by how much you read over a month? I have. If you haven't done that, give it a try. You'll be amazed. Well, how about if we looked at running the same way? What if we just said, okay, it's just an hour. I'm going to get as much running, walking, stretching, and or core work as I can get done in one hour, five days a week. You'll be amazed at how fit you'll become. That would be less than 3% of your week, but it could have a huge impact on your fitness level. When you're having trouble getting motivated, it's just an hour. You can do anything for an hour. If you're having trouble finding time, find just one hour and do all you can in that hour. The one-hour rule can apply to so many things, including your quiet time. What would happen if we all dedicated one hour a day to spending time with God? I think it would radically change our world. According to surveys, only 11% of Christians read their Bible every day. About 25% read uh, read at least once per week. The average time spent in Bible study is 30 minutes. What would happen if every Christian spent one hour a day, five days a week, reading, studying, and praying? It would increase the amount of time spent with God by 20-fold. Imagine what God would do with that. The one-hour rule is useful for many things, whether it's a project at work or home, or your fitness journey, or the amount of time you spend one-on-one with God. It could change your life. If you are already doing that, great. Keep it up. If not, where could you apply the one-hour rule in your life? 
and what could be accomplished with that one hour. I really do this with my running. A lot of times I'll, I'll, I use these little tricks just like you were talking about. I've used that one before. Yeah. You know, if I run faster, I'm done faster. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's what we all, I guess we all do it to some degree, right? Try to trick our brain into thinking things. Um, the best thing we can do is try to stay positive. I think when we do that as well, um, I usually, I, I look at runs a lot of times, like, uh, I break it into, into halves. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my runs I'll do out and back too, uh, for that reason too, is I like think I like once I get past halfway, I'm counting down. And the countdown just feels like you're so much closer yeah, when you start counting down rather than, you know what I mean? Uh, that makes, that makes a big difference. Um, and I don't know, are you like me, a sitcom seems really short. It does. Doesn't it? Yeah. So I like to put things in those terms and it makes me feel, um, but even for an hour, you remember the show, did you ever watch the show 24? You probably never saw it. I didn't. It, uh, it, it might, might be before, you were probably really little when it came out, but. Um, that show was so fast paced and was so, I mean, it, it get your adrenaline running. And the, the reason the show was called 24 is because each show was a one hour section of that 24 hour day and the season was 24 hours long. And so, and it was like a real life one hour. And so, I mean, it was just constant motion and man, you would just be on the edge of your seat the whole time. Um, so I think about things like that. You, we can all probably use, find something in our lives that's a, a half an hour, hour long and go, yeah, I can do anything for that long. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> this, is, this is probably TMI. But I remember back when um, I was wor- wor- working somewhere else and um, I decided I want to read the book Frankenstein. I don't know why Frankenstein, but I decided I want to read that book. Um, I think because, you know, you've seen the movie and, and somebody, I think, had said, you know, the, the book's a lot different than the movie. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I wonder what the book is like. And so I decided I was going to read the book. But so I, I found a free version of it. And it, this was back when cell phones, you didn't re- do a whole lot of reading on cell phones, but I had it on my, my cell phone. And so what I would do is when I went to the bathroom, I would read a little bit of Frankenstein. And I was amazed at how fast I got through the whole book. Just taking those few minutes when I went into the bathroom. And it's amazing what you can do with these little snippets of time if you do them consistently. You know, we talk about that all the time with running that uh, consistency is more important than anything else you do. And um, that it works it worked that way in that case, too. Yeah. So, you ever tried to read a book like that? Just, okay, I'm going to read one chapter a day. I try, but it never happens. I'm no. I'm not the reader. <laughs> no, no, no. Have you ever try anything else that way? Which you just take School. bites of? School. I sit down and I'm like, I, I don't care how much I'm going to get done, but I'm going to do it for an hour. Yeah. And you can get a lot done. Yeah. You're you not wrong. Yeah. So are you one of those who, who likes to do, do things a little at a time or do you try to cram a lot of stuff into a little bit? Well, I am the procrastinator. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. So it it always ends up coming down to the last minute, and I'm doing all of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard the story about why I'm a procrastinator, but I uh, the reason why I'm a procrastinator was when I was in college. I had a speech class. <laughs> and so in this speech class, I was supposed to give my – it was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class, and I was supposed to give my speech on Wednesday. And so I knew I had time to get ready for this right and we're going to class on monday 
And so Monday's the day I'm going to sit and listen to everybody else. And then the professor called my name <laughs> to give my speech. And I hadn't prepared. All I knew was I knew what my topic was going to be. And as ironic as this is, it was about running shoes. And um, that was it. That's all I knew. And I had a choice at that point. I could either say, I'm not ready, which, you know, is never a good thing to say to a professor. Or I could go to the front of the room and wing it. So I went to the front of the room and I winged it. And it was your best speech, wasn't it? And I got an A. And ever since then, I've never planned anything. So <laughs> that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but uh, but yeah, that's that was that was my story. So yeah, um, I know. Gosh, can you believe those those sur- those surveys? Only eleven percent of Christians read their Bible every day. And yeah, pray every day. That's a crazy percentage, isn't it? But I think it's something that even as Christians we struggle to do. Yeah. Well, and I think there's probably, I didn't talk about this, but there's a large portion of Christians that never read their Bible, actually. They, they might go to church. They get that one hour a week, or maybe they go on Wednesdays and they get a couple hours a week, and then that's it. Yeah. And gosh, you're just missing so much. It's, this isn't a point, fin- point your finger at anybody kind of thing. This is, gosh, you're missing stuff when you don't spend more time doing that's that. That's so true, you? Dean. Yeah. Um. Do you, so you think that's a problem with our church's instruction, or do you think that's an individual person problem? I think I think it could go hand in hand. Yeah. 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 Um, I think we're in that same place that Israel was thousands of years ago, right? We're in this spot where, you know, Israel just didn't take God seriously. They had all this evidence and all these reasons to take God seriously, and they just didn't take Him seriously enough. And I think. I'm like, that's where we are in society right now. And unfortunately, what we saw back, you know, back then was that God would get their attention eventually. He would. And he's working on it, getting our attention, isn't he? He is. And um, gosh, I hope that we're soon getting to that point. Do you see any hope that we're about to change direction as a country? I don't really know yet, Dean. No? no. I, think, I think we're just kind of waiting to... <laughs> See what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those stats I, I mentioned, you know, if, if if you just took one hour a day, five days a week, then we would have 20 times as much Bible study as we have right now. That's crazy. That's a lot, isn't it? It is. Imagine, Definitely a game changer. God could do a lot with that, couldn't he? Mm-mm. Um, and I know that for me, there's this there, there's this direct correlation between... How much time I spend with God and how content, happy, good mood, you name, all, name all the positive things. And everything is better. Everything. Yep. Right? You find that too? I do. Yeah. The more time you're in the Word, yeah. the better your day is. And that's something I also really like, uh, being in the Word in the morning. You I like, think it, it sets helps. Sets your day up? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you try to do that every morning? Or? I try, but Dean... When I have to be at the elementary school at 7 in the morning, that gets rough. <laughs> you're not a morning person, are you? Depends on the day. Does it? Yeah. So, so some days you are and some days you're not? Depends on how I roll over, I guess. <laughs> Would you like to experience the Bible in a different way than you've ever done before? Well, you can join me, Coach Dean, as I read through the entire Bible every day for a full year. 
You don't want to miss hearing this transplanted Southern boy try to pronounce those biblical names now, do you? It may be good for a laugh. In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run Club to get access. So if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a Walk Through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge tab. Every week I share a reason why running or walking is so awesome. And this this week, since it is Christmas, and Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry who's Christmas, listening. Yeah. Um, a runner is easy to shop for at Christmas time. I mean, you know, you know they're going to need running shoes and socks, right? They're going to, maybe they can use a new rain jacket or some other kind of uh, running related, some new running tights or something like that. You know, a gift card to a local running store, and a runner's always going to be happy with that every single time. You can never go wrong. That's right. That's right. So runners are easy. That's why another, just one more reason why running is so awesome. Well, here's a cool story. I don't know much about the London subway and underground system, but apparently it's pretty extensive. And so this comes from the, from independent UK um, site. And the the title of this article is Man Runs All 350 Miles of London Underground Route for Charity. That's pretty impressive. It is. Jabed Ahmed is the guy that wrote it. Um, He says this. A TikTok star who ran the entire length of London's underground has spoken out about the mental strength required to cover 350 miles in just 11 days. Johnny Davis, 31, who ran the mammoth distance in aid of mental health charity Calm, said the run wasn't about me. It was about breaking and it wasn't about breaking any records. It was about the impact that it could have on people. Mr. Davies ran one of London's 11 different tube lines each day, alternating between longer and shorter routes, such as following the long northern line with the shorter circle line to give his aching body a rest. There were a lot of times where I was hurting. My body was really sore, uh, but at no point did I think to give up. Running 15 hours a day and doing it again the next day is a big ask for your body, and I knew it was going to be really tough, but as long as you don't stop, you'll finish, he said. When asked about the mental resilience required to run 350 miles, he said, my mental strength comes from multiple sources and I have to tap into a lot of different emotional layers within myself. The strength equates to the traumas and losses I've experienced throughout life. We all have baggage in our life, things that have happened to us that we can tap into and help us endure the challenges and difficulties. I had to keep, I had to keep saying to myself, this is tough. And this is hard, but I've made a deal with myself. We're going to keep going. He also described the range of difficulties that accumulated as he progressed. The run began during the heat wave in 30 degree heat, which is 86 degrees, our temperature. Uh, He then had many complications with his shoes, blisters, and overall soreness. Although they were painful, he said the difficulties helped him learn about himself. 
Mr. Davies documented the whole event on the social media app TikTok to his 170,000 followers and has amassed over 5 million likes on his page. Over 800 people joined him across those 11 days as a result. Looking back, the biggest success of the event wasn't the distance. It was the people I helped and spoke to along the way. So many people joined in and it was deeply fulfilling. The run wasn't about me. It wasn't about breaking any records. It was about the impact that it could have on people. That, for me, was special. The event raised over 23,000 pounds, I guess. Um, to, this is a, a charity that's, that's really close to him. And he ended with a positive message for readers. No matter how bad things get or how bad they feel in your head, when you look back on those things in the future, you realize that they're actually good things because they're learning experience, experiences. Every terrible thing that happens in your life is something that helps us understand and improve who you are. Mr. Davies' fundraising page is at justgiving.com. It's an interesting, cool accomplishment, isn't it? Yeah, it's cool. And he's talking about that same thing, about doing hard things, and that hard things is, is a good thing, right? Um, yeah, the only thing that would have been better is if he would have referenced, you know, there was there's so many references in here to to our walk of faith that he never mentioned. But um, I wonder how they did this. I was wondering. So did people run along with him? That's what Is it that says. What it says that people. Yeah, there were there were a number of people that ran with him during this time. And I'm thinking if he's in the subway, and maybe their subway lines look different than ours. But in our subway systems, I feel like the the walls are almost right next to the train. Like you couldn't run next to them. So I don't know if they had to shut down like the subways when he did it, or I'm not sure how this whole thing worked. I've never been in a subway, so have I really have you never don't. really? I have not. Wow, not even in Atlanta. No. Huh? Son of a gun. Have you ever been to the Atlanta airport? Yes. So you've been on the little train? Yeah, I've been on whatever that is. Yeah, that's kind of a subway. But you have the big open hallways where everybody's standing there just waiting. Yeah. So I don't really know what a subway would look like. Well, subway looks a lot like that. It really does. But you know, the in the, the in between part where you're driving, where it's driving through there, you yeah, know, the yeah. walls are right there. Yeah. And you wouldn't think you could run along there. I mean, imagine imagine if you're running and there's only like five feet between you and the train, and you're running there. Can you imagine how that would be a little unnerving? And those things are going so fast. Yeah, I know. It would be just crazy unnerving. I can't imagine. Uh, but it sounds pretty cool. Um, and it was, I don't know how that somebody came up with this idea to do that. That's an interesting thought <laughs> to do it. Um, so, I don't know. I thought it was a cool story. So, I thought I'd share. Speaking of running for a long time, that brings us to this week's trivia question. And it is this. What is the furthest anyone has ever run without stopping? Then I don't like these trivia questions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any guesses on that one? Not even a guess. Not even a guess. <laughs> no. Not even a guess. All right. That would be embarrassing. <laughs> uh, well, if you know the answer to that question, or maybe you've Googled it and found the answer to that question, you can send that in to dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person to answer that question, you will win $20 off in the Run For God store. It's like cash. Can I be in on that? Well, no, because you know that you know the question before everybody else does. That's not fair. You're probably Gosh. right. 
Uh, well, let me let me leave you with this motivational thought of the week. Um, this is from an unknown person, but I've heard this before and I love it. It doesn't get easier. You get better. I've heard that one. Yeah. Yep. That's a good one. It's a good one. The idea behind doing those hard things is to get better through doing those things. Right. I don't know. We got the 5k challenge and all these people that, that, um, never thought they could finish a 5k and, um, you, you watch them do that and they get to the end of it. But then you got the next thing. Yeah. So it doesn't get easier. It gets easier to run the 5K, but the running doesn't get easier. Yeah. Because you, you just get yourself a bigger challenge, right? Running is always hard. That's right. Well, Christian, I so appreciate you being here. Any final words of wisdom? You want to say that one final thing that's just going to knock everybody's socks off? I don't think I have anything. You don't either. have anything. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm so surprised. <laughs> Uh, I really do appreciate you and your willingness to, again, to step outside your comfort zone. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dean. Absolutely. And until next week, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.